0: Welcome to the Fiber New Exchange Podcast. I'm your humble host, Jesse Johnstone. Genevieve Alexander is many things. She's a former helicopter pilot, a dedicated mother of two young children, a soccer coach, a task-oriented list maker, a hurricane of energy, and owner-operator of Fiber New Bozeman in Bozeman, Montana. Genevieve shares with us her transition from pilot to business owner, what she's learned along the way, and how much she loves being an entrepreneur today. We hope you enjoy this conversation and hearing Genevieve's story. Cheers.
1: I just started the Fiber New uh, business. Now it's been coming up on a year. I'm just now um, in the process of looking for to hire a part-time tech and um, an admin assistant.
0: And we should mention too, it's been a, an interesting year with the pandemic going on, but you soldiered on nonetheless and have made a, made a go of it. Could you recap what year one was like?
1: Very interesting, but I feel like everything worked out in my favor. So, in the beginning, right when I launched, um, my kids were, I have two young children. And once this was declared a pandemic, I I think I had just gotten home from training actually in Calgary and I found out they were not going back to school at all. So being the very thorough person that I am, I had to dive into homeschooling and it was really, so it it was a way slower start than I had wanted or that I had thought it would be for me with Fiber New. Um, But the reason why that was a blessing though, was because I was still taking jobs But I was taking them in my own garage because, you know, going out and driving around and and there was no way I was going to walk into somewhere and shake someone's hand. Hey, Um, and a lot of people were really, really nervous, even residential customers just to come into their home. So I was taking mostly uh, auto jobs and some furniture that I would bring into my shop and I would work on it at night when the kids would go to bed and weekends So it would be, it was a really slow process, but I got to get organized and I, I like that. I'm one of those people that I don't like working around mess. So it was nice for me to get things where they needed to be, work on my garage, get it a little bit more. And not only that, but you know, like the, um, uh, the mobile aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So our kits, I like my things to be And it was hard for me to get wrapped around all the products that were coming. I'm thinking, do I organize, do I separate it by, you know, job, by market, by, so I just, in the beginning kind of just threw everything in my, um, really expensive craftsman, like mobile rolling kits and, um, it worked, but since then I actually have come up with better processes.
0: Can I venture to guess that's just your training as a pilot where you you need things organized and there's like a pre-flight safety checklist and and everything's got to be just so, or do you just come by that naturally in terms of how you organize?
1: I ask myself this all the time, you know, there are some things in aviation that would get on my nerves because it's like, okay, look, listen here. I've looked at this checklist 300 times. I know it by heart backwards, but you know, and you, you really do start to get to know a checklist really well. Um, But either way, especially when you're flying, when I was flying EMS, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, people can always be um, videotaping you. Even if you know that checklist so well by heart, you need to at least have it out. I mean, it has to be seen. Um, But what's interesting is at the time I would kind of sometimes get annoyed with checklists, even though I always followed them. And then later in my career, I um, ended up in some situations where I didn't have the checklists and I was like, oh no, oh, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a failure somewhere. We have to make sure that we're like dotting all of the I's and crossing all of the T's what is wrong with people. So um, I I think I grew into this OCD thing. Um, I think I've learned that even from like waiting tables or whatever, I've learned that If I go really, try to go really fast, um, if I make a mistake, fixing the mistake takes three times longer than if I would have just slowed down a little bit and done it right the first time. So yeah, I guess I think that I've actually come into it. When I was a kid, I think I was messy and I wasn't organized at all. So I think I've just learned that it's it's just best to be that way. Yeah.
0: So just back on year one, you had a different start than you thought but it worked out nonetheless. I know you've gradually built some clientele over the past few months. So let's talk about that. What kind of work have you been doing?
1: Uh, more lately, I've been doing a lot of RVs, actually. Uh, pretty busy with RVs. Um, I just got home actually from doing one, and then I have eight of them scheduled next week. I want to go chase final siding and window casings. That's actually what I'm spending my free time doing um, you know, making a list of all of the real estate agents and insurance adjusters, um, you know, home inspectors. Uh, but you know, when the jobs come in, I I I give the estimate and if they're approved, I go take it and I I work it. So uh, but I I really would like to to this summer, I would like to be really busy with window casings and, and vinyl siding. So
0: awesome. Yeah, be outside as yeah. you work. What's better right. than that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I know you found a bit of a niche with leather, high-end leather and aniline and unfinished leather and all that. Um, tell us about that.
1: Right. Yeah. So my specific territory, I'm in Montana and this is, this is the leather haven. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Lodges. Um, I so there's, and there's a lot of very, you know, wealthy people that live in the area and that live within an hour from me. And so, um, There's also a bit of a shortage of folks who know how to take care of leather, and um, there aren't really many services in the area that do actually take care of leather. Um, And so that's been something that has come to me from the very beginning, Uh, you know, people just Googling, you know, leather issues. So I've done quite a few leather, a lot of leather furniture, random stuff too. random, like bar stools with like leather weaves and, um, all kinds of really cool stuff.
0: Awesome. And automotive, I know you've done some, some automotive work. Tell us about that. Yep.
1: So I haven't chased any automotive. It's just whatever comes my way. So I've done a lot of different automotive things, lots of receipt tears, Some cleaning and conditioning. So I've done a few classic cars, and I have done some plastic stuff, which is really cool. Like, um, it was like a 1955 Mercury Turnpike, and um, the there was a side shroud on the side of the the seating, and um, there was a huge crack in it. I mean, it was there was a there was a hole in it because probably the previous owner had for whatever reason, drilled a hole into it to put something aftermarket in it, maybe. And then there was, I think because of the hole, it made like a 12 inch crack. So that was okay. fun for me because I know that's a piece that you just can't get. Yeah. And so either someone has to deal with it, live with it, or they can try to repair it, which is not going to look great. You I can assume. And then, um, and uh, yeah, so I repaired it and then even re it so it spruced up the color. That stuff for me is a lot of fun.
0: Let's go back to coming into the business and what you were doing previously and what kind of led you to starting a, a fiber new franchise.
1: Yeah, so, okay, so 16 years helicopter pilot and I have uh, flown in different different places, Gulf of Mexico, EMS, and then really thinking about franchising and or some kind of entrepreneurship business ownership back about six years ago is when I first started thinking about it. And long story short, I ended up um, staying in the job I was staying in, still reading books, still thinking about what do I want to do next? Because my husband's a pilot too. And really, it was just your one, when that's your only skill, I mean, your only skill, as far as like, neither one of us, you know, got we got degrees in something where we could then fall back on and be a nurse or something. Um, if you lose your medical, um, it's that's your job, you know. I mean, that's that's it. That's your career. And I'm, I was like, this isn't really smart for both of us to be doing this forever. We need to figure out like a long term plan, something that's smart and something that's more stable. And more something we can rely on, something we can count on. Cause in aviation, it's very, you move a lot. You know, you go where the jobs are. You're always like looking for the next aircraft or the next pay. There's a lot of things in aviation and it's hard to have a family and it's hard to live in the same place. So I just thought, okay, well, one of us needs to plan for the future. So because of the fact that I have two little kids and safety was becoming an issue for me, I ended up saying, you know, I was like, well, plus I'm more of the entrepreneur anyway. So I was like, you go ahead and stay in aviation. I'm gonna start pursuing a different route. And just, it took a while, it took a long time. And once we, the first step was moving to where we wanted to raise the kids and into an environment where I knew that it, we would be able to actually grow some roots and enjoy. Um, he had a, a job offer in Montana, Bozeman, Montana, that was kind of like hanging out there for a while. And so he took the job here. And that's when I started. That's when I got back a hold of the franchise um, consultant. He um, went through the whole process with me, you know, write an autobiography and fill out all these questions. What may, You know, what makes after a... When you sit down at the end of the day and you think to yourself, man, that was a good day. What did that day look like? The day where I got a bunch of stuff off my to-do list, checked off, and I got a bunch of stuff accomplished. And normally it would be because I was flying, um, the DIY stuff would be at my house, my in my own home. So I always had projects going on. There were also more questions, all, you know, besides that, do You do you like working better with male or female or, you know, all kinds of things. Do you, you, would you rather be a manager or would you rather, do you like being hands-on? Do you want to be clean or dirty? Do you see yourself wearing heels when you go to work? Or do you want to wear a hat? You know, there were a lot of questions like that. So what he found for me were three basically, um, hands-on industry type franchises, but this was the only one where you do the work yourself and you're not actually required to hire people.
0: Okay. So was that one of your requirements off the hop? You just no employees to start with? Nope.
1: The other two that he found me, you have to start hiring people right away. You hire the technicians or the repairmen or whatever it is right away. And those two ended up being more like you're a manager and you're hiring and firing and hiring and firing and hiring, you know, kind of like that. And I just, there were a lot of that. I liked how with this one, I, I had the, flexibility to choose if I wanted to do that or not.
0: Good. Okay. And you've obviously done that so far. You started out on your own and now here you are just about to hire employees. So, Hey, yes. it's funny how it works out.
1: Well, yeah, but it's on my own terms though. Right. That's right. And You know, I don't have to have somebody in order to make this work. This is my own choice. So I, I like that I get to, and that's just because I want to scale up and I want to, you know, all the freedoms that being a business owner brings you where you can be sick or you can take time off and your, your company is still running. You're still bringing money in, yeah. you know, I mean, eventually that's the way that it it really needs to be. I mean, whether I'm on a job, I would like to know there's another job bringing in money or, you know, if I'm not, if I'm on vacation or something, I'd like to know that there's customers are still being taken care of and the company is still actively out there doing stuff.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I know flexibility is a big thing for you with, with your young family.
1: And yeah, balance is so important that it gets overlooked. And I have to remind myself this all the time that I need to remember to keep balance. I need to remember to still exercise. I need to remember to still have time with my girlfriends. So once a year, at least we, I get together with my girlfriends, a group of them, and we'll all go hiking somewhere like Utah or Grand Canyon, where you just shut yourself off from the world. So yeah, so there's balance there too, where it's like, do I really want to leave for a week? Oh, because I'm, that means I'm gonna be really busy before I go and then really busy when I come home. But I mean, that's important. And it's one of the reasons why I even started a business so that I could have that flexibility and freedom to like leave when I want or do, you know, with Even after I um, started Fibernew, I coached both kids' soccer teams. Yeah, you make it work. You just schedule your stuff around practices and games. There's definitely in the beginning, there were some things that were kind of going to be unknown. No matter what, running a business, you know, there's going to be things that are unknown and you don't know how it's going to be. But, you know, it's interesting because I hear these voices, like, it's like I'm remembering what someone said to me. And here I am now, you know, almost at a year. And I'm like, oh, right. Now it actually makes more real sense. You know, like, I don't know. I can't, let me think of the things, little things like um, going through training and Chad's like, you just need to, you just need to practice. You just need to get out there, get your hands on it, just do it. Because it's true. That's how you learn. You, in the beginning, I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know every answer to every problem that might come up. (laughs) I wanted all the things. I'm sure that you probably saw that a little bit in me.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because uh, your training, you're training. You were lady with a thousand questions. And uh,
1: yeah, I was like, you
0: like that. You know, it was a good thing.
1: Yeah. I was like, look, I'm going to learn from other people's mistakes. <laughs> I am going to go out there and never make a mistake. And I'm gonna, well, I get it. It is definitely, you know, the more you do it, the more you learn, the more you get comfortable with the products and what they do. And then, you know, you start to realize, okay, okay. Correlation phase. Now I know what this does. I liked how they taught me in training. Oh, another one. I remember Scott Neal. He said, Hey, the business out there, you know, however busy you are, that's up to you. You know, if you get out there, if you decide you don't want to work that day, then I mean, you're not going to get the work, you know, but if you get out there and you make stops everywhere you go, the more you try to get work, the more, the busier you're going to be. It's totally up to you. And that's why I need to start hiring so that I can do go out and do mailings and do more, you know, going, I want to do now that things are ramping back up. I just joined the Bozeman Chamber of Commerce. So I want to start going to their meetings. There's another networking group here, a big one called Prospera. I want to start going back to their meetings again. And that's, that kind of stuff is, is huge. Yeah. I mean, the little things like real estate agents send out emails They're like spring checklist is coming and I'm going, OK, I need to get on that email list. You need to put me in there because window casings, you know, <laughs> and um, so and that's that's why if I have an admin assistant that can do the things that I do all the time, then it's frees me up to to get more um, creative about marketing.
0: When you go on those weekend excursions with your girlfriends. Uh, how do you describe to them what you do and how do you talk about fiber new in your business?
1: It always ends up being that I keep things out of landfills that I, you know, it's like recycling furniture and, and in repairing instead of replacing how, you know, no two days are alike that I'm always driving around and this area is so beautiful, and I get to see so much of it by going on jobs that I would never see. Why would I have gone off that road to go that way? You know, but now I get to do that all the time. It's one of the things that I love—just seeing all the different places in Montana that I never would have ever even seen before, and it's—it's it's amazing. It's like heaven here. It's so pretty, um, and. Yeah. Just usually it's more of, I stick to that kind of stuff. I don't get into any of the specifics because, you know, there's no way anybody would ever want to even know what color cure does.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So yeah, they, they understand for the most part, there's no way you can get someone to understand everything you do. You just, there's not enough time in in the day and their eyes will start to gloss over. Yeah. You know, they want to go have a glass of wine. <laughs> you know, they're like, change the song. But I but because there's so many things. So because I there's because I have all these ideas, I actually hired this guy calling my executive Sherpa. And what he is is basically he's almost like a consultant, but he's local and he goes into companies and he helps them kind of run their business a little bit like smoother. Not that I wasn't running it smooth, but I was like, what should I focus on? I'm here and I'm there and I'm there. And okay. um And it's not, I didn't really, you know, he just, he'll do a couple, he'll come with me for a couple hours and we'll hash out some things and um, talk about some stuff. But it's interesting because, you know, we'll meet for maybe three or four hours a week. And he's always like, every time, every time we talk, I find out more things that you, he's like, when I first met you and you first basically explained New to me, I was automatically thinking about medical tables and furniture. He's like, but I would have never thought, would have never thought anything about RVs or window casings or you know, vinyl siding and it just all goes this- on
0: and on, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. I'm
1: like, yeah, I know, because I can't pitch. I can't, I have to keep my pitches short, you know, and <laughs> then and then you know, you can once you start to talk to me more, then you can find out more of the things that I do.
0: <laughs> Overcoming challenges for you in this business, in this venture. What's that been like?
1: In the beginning. Uh, what I struggled with was when I didn't do well on a repair and I didn't feel good about leaving if it wasn't like up to my standards. That was difficult for me because I know that it's all, but I became okay with going slower. And if it takes me all day, I just became okay with it, which I wasn't in the beginning. I was trying to go fast. Like I was trying to, be quick. And, um, it, it never did me any favors. Um, you know, if, if I was using, for instance, an airbrush that I didn't come clean completely, it's just going to, it just screwed me up anyway and slowed me down anyway. Cause I got too many chunks and I'd have to take them all off and I have to, you know, start over again. Or, right. um, so it, so I just realized it never, I, and I, but with some jobs, the speed actually now is coming to me. I'm seeing like the job I did this morning. It was, there were some, it was a pretty long rip with a whole bunch of little gashes. And I was like, Oh, that's a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. But I was in now there in two and a half hours and it looked really good. good for you. And, and I didn't even have to try. I just knew it's almost like flying. IFR, IFR is instrument flight rules. So it's when you're flying in the clouds um, without having any visual references to anything except your instrument panel you always have to be thinking three steps ahead. What's Mm. next? What's next? There's no, at least in helicopters. Now in the fixed wing world, there's they get to sit back and chill and just listen to the radio, but um, you know, in helicopters, it's busy like in yours, So it's always thinking two steps ahead. What is going to happen next? What is going to happen next? And I think that just now comes naturally with a lot of the jobs that I'm doing. Whereas before I had to really take out my, you know, notes and my checklists. And okay. so that was, that was something for me in the beginning was that I felt like I was just going really slow.
0: One thing that guys here say is first you get good and then you get fast. So that's really what you've just described, right? Is, is the, the muscle memory and the steps and everything just become intuitive. Yes. And it takes a lot less time. Yeah. In, in time. Yeah. 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 There's got to be a a lot of excitement in in flying helicopters and flying planes and whatnot. Did you still have a shot of adrenaline every time you flew? Did it work that way?
1: Not every time, but depending on what the weather was or if it was windy or, um, you know, just the conditions of the day. If I was landing with a tailwind on a helipad in New York city in between two spinning rotors, then yeah, I mean, I'm a lot more, that was a lot more like kind of adrenaline rushing and like, you got to really be on your game and every inch counts. But, and I loved that stuff. That was, that was really fun stuff. But a lot of the days were just monotonous. You it's just like driving a car, you just start it up, you do the thing, you land, you know, it just becomes okay. really uh, just like driving a car.
0: Okay. Do you have the same kind of shot of adrenaline and running your business in, in certain elements or the same kind of excitement factor or, or different?
1: Well, the views, are similar and views are important to me. So the fact that I get to drive around and see a bunch of stuff is really cool for me, even seeing it from the ground. I mean, it, it's cool seeing things from the air as well. However, when you're busy, cause in a helicopter you're, you're pretty busy most of the time right. it's, you can look and be like, yeah, that's pretty. And then keep doing your thing. Or if you get to take a picture of it, then you can really like embrace it later. But, um, here I get, so the views are the same as far as adrenaline rush. No. However, I will say, that doing this is less stressful for me in that there is still stress. Don't get me wrong, but it's less stressful for me in that it's my choice. It's I have the power over, you know, how that day is going to go or, um, you know, there were things in aviation where you I couldn't necessarily make the decision I wanted to make or do, or I had to fight for the decision that I was making. Um, and so I, I appreciate, I appreciate what, actually what I'm doing more now. Um, what I loved in aviation, what is very similar to the two is, is the growing process of when I went through training. And then when I went through, it was like one, helicopter at a time. So it's like, get into the next frame, get into the next airframe and now get, you know, get my night and now get my NVGs and now get, you know, that kind of thing here. It's very, and I love that. I love education. I love learning and, and just expanding my own, um, personal, I guess, growth, if you will. And so I think in helicopters, I kind of got to a point where I was not, I don't want to say topped out because you can always learn more, but in my mind, I was kind of at the, Pinnacle of my career, unless I was going to completely go a different direction. And this has been really rewarding in that same sense to me, in that I keep getting to learn and learn and learn. And I don't think it will really stop because if I decide, hey, you know what? I just want to focus on RVs for the rest of forever, then, then yes, at a certain point, it's just going to kind of stop and be monotonous, but, but I'm not gonna, and there's so many other routes to go. And I mean, who knows, like I might find something new that some other fiber newer hasn't repaired yet. And then that becomes a whole new thing. (laughs) It's so cute. You know, my kids are so proud of me for doing this. They're always like, my mom's fiber new. My mom's fiber new. They tell everyone all the time, she fixes things. She fixes furniture, da da da. And I'm like, they're talking about it. They're so proud of me that it almost sounds like they are saying, my mom's a helicopter pilot. They're like, my mom does fiber new. We talk about all this stuff a lot for sure. And so when I tell her, you know, I don't just repair things. I own a business. I'm a business owner. And um, I'm really actually excited about this path for them as well.
0: Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, you may want to check out an earlier episode we had with Jason McDowell of Fibernew West Des Moines, Iowa. Jason transitioned from a stress-laden career in IT to business owner with Fibernew. And in that conversation, he comments on the positive impact the transition has had on his family. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or on our website at Fibernew.com slash exchange. Thanks a lot. Take care. Cheers.